the Bikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pikey and Lout Show, your, your very own Talking Taipans podcast. I'm your co-host, Chris Pike, and I'm joined as always by Alex Loughton. Now, Lows, a bit, bit flat after last Saturday night against the Hawks. That wasn't quite the, the return home that I think we're all hoping for from the Taipans. Thanks, Pikey. Another, another episode, obviously, uh, about to be in the bag. But, mate, yeah, Saturday night, uh, just left with a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, and uh, I think I can put my foot on it. That second quarter, 37 points, you just can't do that in this league. It's the, the teams will punish you, and it was just a bit of uh, just lacking a bit of energy, just a, a little bit not quite sort of on, on the money. So uh, Lamella Ball just had a field day, uh, which was the disappointing part, I think. you got a young punk coming in to showcase his wares and you got a chance to stop him, you know, and uh, they, they didn't didn't have the goods, didn't have the energy and the, the, the will to be super uh, energetic for every, every five-minute sort of segment. You know, I think I talked about this week, um, you know, you've got to be on it all the time. You can't just let in a bit lapse and by the end of the game you've got uh, another uh, L to your name. So I think, you know, the, when you when you set goals, it's got to be, you know, we must win this game. That's not the goal. The goal is we must show up every every five-minute segment and give our maximum energy to match what's going on in the game and hopefully exceed the energy levels that the opposition are bringing. This episode of the Mikey and Louds Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Absolutely. Now, we'll, we've got plenty of time on the show to fully dissect what happened last Saturday night, but our last show Lowe's, was, a, was a packed one. We had three games from, from the previous week to, to wrap up from the Taipans, and plus we had the preview for the, the big game against, against the Hawks. So our last show was a massive one. So we've got a bit more time this week to dissect the game against the Hawks and to also have a, have a really good look at the game against the Bullets this coming Saturday night as well. Just quickly, before we get to get to all of that and before we fully get into the show, I've got, got some quick questions I wanted to, to run by you once again. And again, I'll try to put you on the spot and hopefully try to catch you off guard like like last time as well. Um, get some candid responses. Let's fire away, buddy. <laughs> fire away. Uh, it's, it's, it it's related to the game, so we might get to it later, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it straight away because I I look at the, this Cairns Taipans team and I think that from what I've seen of Cam Oliver and Nate Jawai, there's no reason they can't be the best centre combination in, in the league. You've got you've got Cam who has all the athleticism in the world. He can step out and stretch the floor and, and shoot the three ball. He's shown that he can, can match it inside physically as well, even though he gives up a bit of size. And then you've got Nate there who can be the battering ram. He can be the post presence. He can be the big body that, uh, that the opposition teams need to double team when he catches it down low. So I think that's what they're capable of. I think neither of them are quite re- quite reaching what they're capable of. Um, how do we make sure that th- those two as a combination reach what, they, what they're capable of this season? Well, it's an in- interesting point, and you just jogged my memory. During the game, so obviously they start with Majok Ding and Cam Oliver, uh, and I feel like Cam... Oliver kind of gives up a little bit of height when matched up with your Sean Longs, matched up with your uh, AJ Oglefees, even your Josh Boones. Um, but then all of a sudden, when Nate comes into the game, 
he can do the heavy lifting with those with the tall timber, and then Cam is pretty well going to able to outmuscle the foreman. So it actually isn't a bad combination. As you're sort of you're, you're questioning why we're we seeing more good things from them, um, and it was only sort of later in the game that they actually played uh, together in decent minutes. And in the one player I'm, I'm picturing, Nate, pick and roll uh, to the center of the key. He got the pass. He got the dump off to uh, Oliver, who who uh, finished the paperwork with a with an emphatic slam. Um, but it was a nice little, nice little, nice little play where the ball just went straight inside. They didn't. They've got this kind of weave offense that's a bit wishy-washy for my liking to run for 40 minutes. When they switched it up a bit and, and just went straight attacking uh, with a pass or dribble penetration into the key, when they when they just got down to business straight away in the offense, um, good things kind of happened. And it was uh, Nate and Cam Oliver finding a bit of a, a connection point there. So I think you're right. I think, you know, Nate's a big boy. He's, he can do some heavy lifting. If you, if you tweak the game a bit to to suit his skill set, you might actually get a bit more production out of the, the two of them together uh, playing at the same time. Yeah, I'm not sure about the same time. Maybe you could do that occasionally. I just think as because they offer so much different. So whether or not they're on the court at the same time or if you're rotating them, I just feel like so they have the potential to, to be the best them. combination. You're go straight to them uh, in, on, the offense, on the offensive end. Oh, well, yeah. Whichever one's on the floor at the time, I want them to be the focus of, of a lot of what, what happens. I want them to touch the ball in every position just about. Here's the dangerous the dangerous words that I hear sometimes, and you know, coaches can pride themselves on this sometimes, but I hear equal opportunity offense. So it means we're going to run a play or something and it's going to go through hands, so it's all equal sort of opportunity. Anyone has a chance to shoot it, um, just when the gap's open up, guys, just take your chances. Or guess what? People do not finish, players do not finish uh, at an equal percentage. They do not finish the play at an equal percentage. Therefore, it's not an equal opportunity offense for an equal um, shooting percentage. That's incorrect. It's a, it's a fallacy. Basically, the defense will go, okay, guys, guess what? If we play our cards right, once it gets into the low percentage finishes hands, basically to a man, deny everyone else and, and let that low percentage shooter get the shot off because uh, that's where we're going to steer the ball to. And that's how the defense can play, um, you know, and win, and win the contest in the half court. So an equal opportunity offense to me, you know, it's just my opinion, um, is is not something that um, you know is is fine in a, in a, in a no, it's not it's not it's just not reality for me. Players finish differently. Nate Jowie will finish at fifty five percent in the post. Um, Cam Oliver will be at a high a high clip as well, fifty five sixty percent finisher at two point range. Um, so. You've got to be direct. I think you'll find other players in the team will be finishing at maybe thirty to forty percent once they're in the in the so that, that two point uh, mid range type thing. You know that that's that doesn't work out in the long run. The stats don't match up um, when you're when you're finishing at that kind of level. So you have to be direct and go straight to the players that have the best finishing percentage, or put those players in a position where they can be successful. Next quick question for you, Laos. It's touching on what you just talked about. It leads almost directly into it. Does Scotty Machado need to look for his shot and be a bit more aggressive rather than just settling to, to set up his teammates for, for their shots? Oh, it's, he was a little bit quiet in the game. Took five shots. I, I think he'll be dis, I think he'll be uh, a bit disappointed with that game. It was probably his quietest game uh, of the season to date. And 
traditionally this season he's been trying to set up the teammates, trying to set up the team and being more of um, a passer in the first half and then turning it on to be a scorer in the second mm. half. So I think uh, yeah, it was just a just an off game. But, you know, if, if the type of the, are going to be relying – you know, solely yeah. on the starting five, just about, and we'll get to Mirko Derek's yeah. uh, brilliant performance in a minute. But if you know, if, if one of the starting five has one off night and the wheels fall off, then um, it's going to be a bit of a problem sort of later in the season. So um, that's the reason why you, you really need contributions across the board. And I'm sure we'll get to Mirko Derek later. Yeah, we will. Two general questions about the league, and then we'll we'll fully dissect that game on Saturday night. You saw firsthand on Saturday night the Next Stars program in action when you saw Lamelo Ball play play the game of his life to to put himself closer to being the number one draft pick next year. We saw on Sunday Diddy Lozada put in a similar performance for the Sydney Kings in a win over the Perth Wildcats. We saw RJ Hampton only only a week or so previously. Um, play his best game of the season against the Taipans yeah. over in over in Auckland as well, and he had an eventful weekend where he got ejected after four minutes on on Saturday, which is a whole other story as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. This next next stars program, are you a, a fan of it? Um, look, the three players that are um, that you've mentioned there, they've really elevated the my personal uh, view of the next stars program. If you look back a few years, obviously with Terence Ferguson in Adelaide, who's in the NBA and, mm. and starting some games at OKC. Things like that, like he didn't impress me yeah. enough to go, wow, this is a crazy, you know, these these juniors are a next level because you couldn't play him. These three, you can, and not only that, uh, Lamelo Ball, twenty eight points, uh, Diddy Lazada, seven three pointers, seven three pointers. Check that. 21 points. I think he shot um, seven of ten on, or eleven from three or something. Um, but. Uh, Man, it's just unbelievable what these eighteen-year-olds can do now. Didi Lazada, I believe, has played some um, he, NBA. He, he's already been drafted, and he just played. He's he's already spent a year playing professionally. Okay, so, yeah. so there's a few there's a few questions around whether you know he's sort of able to be an ex star for one. Well, um, that's a question I'd like to ask you. Um, if you have been drafted, so the rules say that if you were drafted in the most recent draft. You are still eligible to be a next up player if you haven't been okay. put on an NBA roster. Do you like that, or would you prefer it to be only for guys that haven't yet been drafted? Look, I, I think it's. Um, I, I think the the reason why we have next stars is to one bring excitement to the league with these young, athletic sort of uh, potential superstars, um, and to bring eyeballs to the league. So from that perspective, yeah, I think you know to to a degree you, you've got to. Uh, allow us um, the, the best talent here possible that's willing to be here. You know, whether there's a technicality that he's possibly different level to Lamella Ball because he's already drafted but hasn't played, I, nah, I don't think there's too much in it, to be honest. Um, I think the reason that they're here is to, to bring excitement. The reason that they're here is to bring eyeballs um, and eventually, you know, money to the league. Um, so it's Larry's ball game, um, you know, Larry's players. And um, I think it's it's certainly uh, made this league internationally aware. Uh, Last question, then we'll keep moving. Would you like to see the Taipans sign a, a next stars player? Well, interestingly, they obviously had the option to, to look at you know, Alamelo Ball, uh, and the, um, you know, there's a bit of a, a bit of a circus around what 
his um, entourage brings, and and it's pretty high risk because I, from my viewpoint, I don't think he's going to stay around uh, after Christmas. I think he'll be home for Christmas, enjoying um, big Christmas uh, lunch with his family, and then he's going to be rested up until um, you know June twenty second on NBA draft night. So, um, so you, you sign this risk and you base your team around this signing and then you, you build it up in a country town or regional town cannot afford to have uh, a disruption you know potentially take place which just throws you completely off any kind of playoff trail because then what do you do how are you going to find another player it's almost a guaranteed disruption so that was the that was the thinking uh, with the type ends you're not going to go down this don't go down that path um, obviously we do have Kuatnoi who's an Australian who's uh, vowing for the, uh, vouching for the draft and and um, you know trying to to be on that sort of similar path as a, as a you know, next star type of player, young guy, um, NBA draft sort of uh, potential candidate. Um, so they, they went with sort of more of a um, an option that was less less sort of risk in terms of um, you know guaranteed top five kind of pick coming out. So you know, there, there's a, the benefit for the Hawks is that um, they've brought a lot of attention to their club, they've got a lot of sales of jerseys, but for me it's just, it's a high risk type of uh, situation um, unless you've got some kind of guarantee in place that they can be around for the full season and they're not going to just bounce, you've got to have some ironclad uh, things stated in the contract, uh, otherwise you're just going to get that, that disruption, so it's a massive risk. It's also not sustainable. All of a sudden, where do you go to get your publicity next season when you don't have the mellow ball? It's a, it's oh, a one, it's a one be, year boost that it gives you. Yeah, it's, it's such a fleeting, um, you know, excitement thing that mm. you know is just it's just not worth it in the long run. In terms of what this town needs. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Saturday night, we were back at the Cairns Convention Centre. You were there. Let's start with the positives. Sold out crowd. It was terrific to see 5,092 people there. What was the atmosphere like? Well, it was a massive hype around the uh, the game um, on the, the radio, on all the social media channels, um, and uh, yeah, just a great job of, of marketing the game. Uh, it was obviously Taipans versus Lamelo Ball as the um, the kind of a uh, wording around it all. So that was um, that was sort of the, the storyline. And um, I mean, Lamelo Ball certainly delivered. It was uh, pretty impressive, to be honest. Um, you know, it was sort of that was his best game to date. Obviously, twenty eight points, a uh, bunch of assists, and he, he threw this full court pass in trans over three tight pants guys running back, and I think Josh Boone got the layup. But he threw the pass. I was like, oh, he threw that. I was like, no way. And then bloody hell, like <laughs> Josh Boone caught it and, and finished it or got the foul. But um, he just uh, really impressed. Um, you know, and and played. Played a kind of grown man's game, and then he got a bit swaggy towards the end there. But yeah. you know, a lot of his threes were starting to drop. So I mean, he really, he really, uh, I, I think, with that game, um, really puts himself way up in, in contention for a number one draft pick. Now, I think Trigg interviewed him at the game and said, um, "Lamelo, are you the are you the number one draft pick?" And he said, "I believe I am." Um, so there's there's belief there, obviously. Um, social media sort of saying um, they were asking asking me after I posted online, and they said, "Look, did did Lamelo Ball deliver as as sort of uh, uh, expected?" And um, you know he he sort of did. He he over delivered really. 
Um, but yeah, 18 years old, like it's, I, I think about when I was 18, I think about, you know, your mindset when you're that young and, you know, the bright lights come on. It, it's just, um, sorry. 18, um, after I did sort of six months with the Wildcats and then I was like, uh, yeah, I would have been sort of 19 in my freshman year. I was a, sort of a year behind. I wasn't even at college yet. No, I was going from, going from AIS through to Wildcats um, training and then um, then heading off to college mid-year. But, um, yeah, yeah, just, just a, a lot younger mindset back, uh, back then in terms of uh, <laughs> yeah, but what this young man can do. Now, I don't know about his media interviews, Pikey. I think he was expecting to be paid mm. for a lot of the, um, the local press interviews, oh, he, so he, he gave one-word answers. Um, so, <laughs> yep. a bit of work to do there or... Maybe he's expecting a paycheck and it'll uh, pay per word type of uh, interview. So, um, let that one go. I'm not sure we can afford him here on the podcast. No, no, we show. can't afford. We'll, we'll get um, we'll get someone else. <laughs> um, but positives. <laughs> the problem for me was that is like Lamelo Ball had a great game. You could probably weather that. The problem was that Sunday Deck came out and had the best game of his career: 21 points, five rebounds, five assists, and then you had. The, the old the old guard Dave Anderson and Josh Boone playing the best games of their seasons there were so many Illawarra players that played their best games of the yeah, season uh, <laughs> sometimes you, you go oh look if so and so gets his uh, if so and so scores 20 points then you know we'll shake their hand at the end of the game um but yeah. you just can't, you just can't have that second quarter slip. The positives, though, for the the type ends, uh, Pikey, um, we spoke about a few weeks ago or a few games ago. Moko Jarrett really brought a lot of energy, um, you know, a mm. couple of games back when they got the win, and he didn't score much, but man, he, he really delivered a lot of energy. This game, wow! I mean, nineteen was it nineteen points, I believe. Uh, nineteen points. Is yeah. that his best uh, NBL game? Career best. Yeah, yep, career best. best. So just uh, an awesome progression for Moko Jarrett uh, because it's exactly what the type ends need off the bench then and I've said it before I'm, I'm calling the, the 25 point range from your bench uh, crucial for any kind of postseason aspirations uh, for a team they cleared that they got 31 so yeah yeah, right on, right on the money, and um, yeah, even more so. And it's just un- unfortunate. Maybe the, the starters had a bit of a quiet sort of a quiet game. If uh, everyone was on song and all cylinders firing, then that would be a perfect example. But I mean, I mean, credit to credit to the Hawks. They, they obviously played played their uh, uh, hearts out and, and got the W. Uh, tough to do in a, in an away um, thing. But um, the, the problem here is that you've now the the Tigers now have two losses against the bottom team um, and could be very well quickly finding themselves so on the bottom as well so you know you, you look at I've said uh, 12 out of 14 home games you want to win 12 out of 14 at home uh, which leaves only four four out of 14 uh, road games to, to get a win uh, in four of those games so you all up, 16, point, 16 wins will get you in a log jam. 17 wins will get you uh, fourth place. So, if you, they've dropped two at home now. There's basically no more grace. Maybe you can go 11 and 14 at home, which means you've got to win five games on the road. And guess what? There's only nine games left on the road for them anyway. So, they've got to win five out of six or convert 60% of the road wins um, to have a shot at, at the playoffs here, which is... It's time to get cooking, Pikey. It's time to get cooking. There's <laughs> no time to mess about. There's no time to 
uh, flex and not get back on uh, defense in trans. There's no time to over-celebrate and not be aware of what your man is doing because um, the, the guards in this league are too good. They're finding guys in, in, in the open court. They're finding guys over the top uh, and putting points on the board whilst we're sort of not jogging back on D, but just not alert enough for what needs to happen. So every quarter and every five minutes within that quarter, you need to be switched on because to a man, this is where it gets real. This episode of the Pikey and Lows Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Well, the other thing they need to do is grab some rebounds. Out-rebounded by 20, and they gave up 27 offensive rebounds. There were similar numbers against Perth when they beat Perth in Perth by 30, but on that night, the Wildcats couldn't couldn't hit the side of a barn with their shooting. When you're giving up that many extra possessions, it's going to cost you more times than it's not. I think they'll be looking at that, that video just, just in disbelief that they let that happen. I yeah. know it was there. I saw every every <laughs> offensive port by the horse. I was just like, man, they got to get a potty. Like, it's just a, um, you know, it's a coach killer. Like, you, you've got your, uh, your players out there that you've, you know, you've, you've built trust, you've done your meetings, you've done all that, and then to not sort of, you know, box out or allow uh, so many offensive boards, it's just going to make the night so long. And in the end, like the season's just uh, going to slide you by. Now, something that's just sprung to mind, I want to bring it up before I forget it. You talked to Matt Smith about this in detail on our last show as well. I noticed last week, Jared Kenny, he went and got a fresh a fresh cut on his hair. He got it. He got the mullet puffed up at the back. He got his. He got the front freshly trimmed. How nice was that looking on Saturday night? Well, we, we call the we call this segment now uh, the mullet maintain <laughs> uh, segment with uh, with JK. Uh, it's got its own name. It's got its own position in our podcast. But uh, no, it, it was fresh. It was uh, it was a fresh fade on the side. Uh, beautiful, luscious uh, tail. On it. I still want to get a measurement on that bad boy because yeah, it was looking it was looking so, uh, very sharp. But um, <laughs> you know, from that Simpsons episode, he was like. I want you to shave those sideburns. He's <laughs> like, Mr. Burns, I don't think you know what sideburns are. Just do it. So maybe uh, Mike Kelly was asking uh, JK to shave those sideburns and get ready for the game. Get your head switched on. But um, no, it's looking pretty good, mate. It's looking pretty good. Now, before I ask you about your thoughts on what happened around the rest of the league in round, any last thoughts on what, what you saw last Saturday night? Look, they, they got the game back within six points, I believe. A minute to go, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, so they had it within. They got, they got a bit of a halftime spray maybe from Mike maybe from one of the players but they certainly came out with energy they you know they know that they've got it within them to uh, when they want to put the, the foot down and and raise up a level they know they've got it in them because they showed that and they got within six but it's not enough when you've given up 37 in in the quarter or in a quarter uh, they've had different quarters where there's been a, been a bit of a lapse so you know when, when we had this situation and I know last year was it a great year um, you know, previous years, though, um, as an example, um, basically we would go, look, we're not, we're not trying to control the end result of the game. Yes, we want to win, but we're not focusing on that. What helps is if we compartmentalize the game into five-minute blocks, uh, and that way you go, look, did we hit our benchmarks for this five-minute block? Yes, okay, let's move on to the next five-minute block. And the, the benchmarks might be, um, you know, maximum energy or... Um, Box outs at at ninety percent, which means you you you're boxing out successfully ninety percent of uh, all missed shots type of thing. You know you've got your benchmark, so it just helps to break it down into smaller chunks, and that way you're not just thinking, man, we've got to win this game, we've got to win this game. No, 
this five-minute quarter, we've got to do what it takes to put ourselves in a good position. Um, so it's sort of those process goals, not the not the end result type of goal. So that's the only thing that I would say needs to be a refocus for the Taipans is compartmentalize the, the goals, compartmentalize um, the, the game so that it's not uh, a big uh, unsurmountable sort of task. It's a, it's a accumulated series of small tasks that get completed um, and that way, yeah, you're looking at the end result of the game with a with a smile rather than you know that sour taste. A lot of the time when I listen to you talk, Lars, you sound like a coach to me. Is that something you would like to yeah. like to go down yeah. that path at some stage? <laughs> the, the coaching life does not appeal to me. <laughs> it's all the uh, it's all the pain and anguish and uh, you know commitment of road travel and you yeah. know whilst there are some good elements to it. Uh, I'm sure I'm not in that kind of headspace to mm-hmm. to go. Yep, I want to be a coach because obviously mm-hmm. those assistant coaches go through hell and back to yeah. uh, go through their apprenticeship, and sometimes in you know Mike Kelly's case is nine years as an assistant coach, yeah. Um, yeah. cutting up tape at, at two a.m., three a.m. in the morning for head coach. And you had to go you know. all over the world to do it. So you know it's it's signing yourself up for a lifetime of um, you know see your family bye. <laughs> It does. Now, instead of running through round six results, I'll read out the state of the league in terms of the ladder, and then I'll get your thoughts on the way you see things at the moment. So we've got the Sydney Kings up front. They're 8-1. They've had a terrific start. South East Melbourne Phoenix, they've only left Melbourne once so far this season, and they're 5-2. Both Wildcats, they've dropped a couple of games lately. They're 6-3. Melbourne United, they've now won four in a row, so they're 5-4. So that rounds out the top four. And we've got the Brisbane Bullets, 4-4. Four and four. The Adelaide 36 is 3-4. Three and, three and, and New Zealand Breakers, 2-6. and six. The Taipans, 2-6. And, and the Hawks, 2-7. and seven. What, what stands out to you now that we're, we're six rounds in? Well, South East Melbourne Phoenix have, have obviously done well at uh, in Melbourne, um, only leaving to go to Perth, I believe. But they did have an away game in Melbourne. But uh, they're yet to be tested, yeah. I mean, that, that game in, in Perth, you know, it was, uh, I guess, an example. Like, you know, if, you, if you're not quite got everything together, you can, you can get torched on the road. But they're setting themselves up with those crucial home wins, um, which I think will hold them in good stead. They've had a great momentum uh, sort of at the start of the season, so if they can keep that going, then man, what a what a story for a brand new club uh, with Tommy Greer at the helm. So full full credit to him and what he's been able to achieve. Melbourne United have <laughs> pulled the finger out and got going, <laughs> um, much to Coach Dean Vickerman's relief. <laughs> And I'm sure he's been quite fiery at, at training going, come on, guys, I, I didn't recruit this cream of a superstar crop sort of thing and end up with donuts. Like, you guys better, you know, or else you're out. I, I reckon he would have given them their marching orders if, um, you know, things weren't going too well uh, in those last few games. But, yeah, credit to them, four, four wins in a row. Well, they're scoring 108 points a game in this in this four-game winning streak. So, they're, yeah. offensively, they're yeah. just piling just on the numbers. Just clipping into gear, I would say, or just, just falling and seeing. So yeah, there's a bit of a bit of a fight for at the bottom of the ladder. You know, you don't want to be stuck and and let that that front pack get away too far. Otherwise, it's it's just too hard to claw your way back. So, Taipans got it's a it's a crucial game for Brisbane and Taipans. Let's be honest, Brisbane had some pretty big pretty big issues uh, lately. They 
lot of things that's been talk, talked about, I guess, is the point guard trio of Sobe, Glidden, and uh, Kadee. Obviously, an all-Australian uh, trio, Pikey, instead of going with the traditional um, U.S. import uh, superstar. So, uh, what's your what's your thoughts on the numbers there for uh, for the Brisbane Bullets uh, backcourt? Yeah, well, let's move straight into a preview for Saturday night game back at Keynes Convention Centre. The Brisbane Bullets coming to town. Cam Glidden, he we know what he's capable of. You know what he's capable of. You would have played. Well, I don't know, at least 100, 100 games with him when he was up at the up at the Taipans. He's coming off playing at the World Cup, so it's not as though he's coming off an off season where he he was taking taking it easy. Um, he's a he's a gun shooter. He's one of the best shooters we've seen in the NBL you know, this century. But right now, he's just not getting many looks. So all of a sudden, he's gone from a guy that's putting up fifteen points a game to six points a game so far this season. But his his shooting percentages are way down. But I think he's just not getting enough looks. He's the sort of guy that that shoots shoots better the more shots he takes in the game. So right now, he's just not getting many looks. They're not running much for him. He's not the sort of guy that creates his own shots. So he needs he needs Sobe to attack the rim. Sobe kicks it out to him. Glidden takes a three-point shot. That, to me, seems like a pretty pretty obvious play for them and it should be one of their one of their go-to moves if you're Coach Coach Lamanis. But it's just not happening right now. Kadee's playing reasonably well. I think Sobey's numbers are okay, but the question has to be asked if... I think if Sobey's still a better two-guard than a point guard, I still think they might benefit from a from an import point guard. Um, I, I just feel like Sobey, with his athleticism and his ability to cut and slash, if he's not having to carry the ball all the time, he, he might be more effective. But then again, then you've sort of got three shooting guards because you've got Glidden and, and Kadee, who's almost better in that role too. So they've backed themselves into a bit of a corner by, by signing those three guys without bringing an import in to, to help them and designed to go with, with an import small forward in Patterson and then basically two undersized power forwards with, with Singler and, and Braun who are both under a little bit of pressure too. So I think there's a lot of question marks to still be answered over the makeup of this team that the Bullets have put together and we might find a lot of answers on Saturday night because if they lose that game as well, all of a sudden they slip to four and five and questions continue to be asked in terms of the way Lamanis is coaching as well with Ruben Tarangi playing basically five minutes a game or ten, certainly under 10 minutes a game for a guy who was the most improved player in the league last season as well. You have to question why he's fallen out of the rotation. There's a lot of questions that we'll find answers to on Saturday night, but let's hope, unlike the Hawks did, let's hope that they don't, don't find ways to click all in the one night. Don't find the answers against the Taipans. Well, uh, the, the World Cup, let's just talk about that for a sec because, you know, Cam Glidden's going to be playing a totally different role in the World Cup to um, the one he's expected to play for the Bullets. Did that change his um, uh, mindset coming out of the World Cup? So he's going to be he's going to be more, uh, you know, giving the ball up to the superstars on the Boomers' side. Uh, your job in the World Cup is to run the play and get out of the way. You know, like run the play, find the open shooters that uh, we're going to because we're going to Paddy Mills, we're going to, you know, uh, Joe Ingles, we're going to all the, you know, we're going to the superstars. You know, you're not getting much of a look at Did he bring too much of that sort of back to uh, the Brisbane Bullets? Where, you know, did that was that bad prep for him for the Brisbane Bullets? Well, maybe... Well, that's a great point. And you, you, know, you know the answer better than me. So let me sort of throw the question back at you. If you're a player who, on your NBL team, you're a star and one of the guys that are, are expected to take... You know, 12 to 15 shots a game. You're expected to score 15 points a night. Then you play on a World Cup team where you're the 11th or 12th man and you come on and very rarely are you going to get to take a shot, let alone be in a position to take a shot. How much of an adjustment does it take to suddenly have the confidence of being a go-to player having just been the 11th or 12th man on the team? Well, I think if, if you, you know, you've got, you spent your whole off-season, uh, 
you know, being in that that kind of role, you're just obviously you're happy to be there for a start, um, you know, and you're gonna you're gonna deliver as, as much energy and enthusiasm and and just try and fit in. That's sort of um, you know, in that sort of tenth or eleventh spot, you're just trying to you know fit in and, and bring as much as you can. Um, someone like. Uh, Golding though who is a superstar for Melbourne but then comes into the Boomers and is expected to shoot uh, because that's what he does you know there's not much change in the role there it's just a change in the minutes that you get sort of thing Um, but for Cam maybe maybe it was a bit too much the other way now I know obviously um, you know he's had uh, had a baby he's had a totally different lifestyle um, sort of changes happen and um, you know he's got to figure out a way with new players young um, and you know enthusiastic young players coming into the squad in Sobe, um, you know, looking to establish themselves as is you know not only uh, Brisbane Bullet Stars but future Boomers, you know, um, selections every time, you know, because obviously um, Lamanus uh, right there, sort of watching it from two different angles. I think there's just a bit of. I think you're right. I think maybe they've got too many of the same kind of skill sets in the in they've got three players for two spots so something's got to give and Cadiz just come off uh, a very aggressive QBL season um, even though the level of play is a lot less than the Boomers he's still been in a mindset of score 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 so he's been very active um, to maintain the numbers I guess to a certain degree he's on 10 I believe and then um, so he's obviously 12 or so oh, he's up more I think about 15 15 yes 15 16 sorry so he's, he's like sweet I'm good you know, you know, nothing wrong here. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, Glidden was was always. I told you what I mentioned before with Sobi. Do you like him as your point guard, or would you prefer I'm him not as your two guard? Buying him as a point guard, just as much as I'm probably not buying Mitch McCarron as a point guard. Um, when that experiment happened, you know, I think you got to be who you are. I don't think you know. It might be nice to think that you're a point guard, but really, he's a he's an athletic two man that can push the ball. Um, but he's not your your point guard from my perspective. Um, and he's and he's better at being a two man that can get on the rim and trans, push the ball hard, shoot throughs when he needs to, or set up a, set up a play when he needs to. But he's he's a lot more. He's a better player on a team as a two than he is as a one. So why would you? You know, why would you go to a lesser position uh, where you can produce less? Why wouldn't you just stay where you're most effective? Well, I agree with you, but they just don't have that point guard for him to play alongside. I think we saw him play some incredible basketball in Adelaide alongside Jerome Randall. I think that's the type of guy that he can play really well in tandem with. Well, you got a Batman and a Robin, and, and you can't have two Batmans, and you can't have a, a whole um, a group of Robins. You got to have people in the right position, and everyone know that they're Batman. And everyone, you know, the player knows that he's Batman. If he's an import point guard, he's got the keys to the city. Robin's just got to take that secondary role, which. Um, having a, a superstar point guard in there, it frees up the attention anyway, so that you can dominate the, the second um, the second best defender because the best best guard defender is going to be on your on that import point guard. So you're going to get the second best, which is probably someone you're going to take advantage of. So um, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. I think you know you try and get too cute with it. I think it sort of backfires on you. So you know, yeah, I think I think this weekend will be a, a massive weekend for um, I guess the the Bullets to sort of see. What's what's the go? Now the league has officially endorsed that Taipan's Bullets games from now on will be known as the Sunshine Stouches. Laos, happy with that? It's not doesn't doesn't quite have the same same ring as a Reptile Rumble. 
Well, I think Glidden's taken that as a as a moustache, like a, 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 a stash, <laughs> yes. as in like you know the sunshine stash. So like if you you bring your best moustache to the game, good good things will happen, you know. And a good moustache, uh, you know, is is a happy is a happy man behind it. So um, he certainly um, you know embraced the, the stash. Let's call it the sunshine sunshine stash, and we'll see, uh, which follicle faux pas gets the uh, gets the nod of approval from the, the hoop gods. Have you got time to grow one? Get there on Saturday night? <laughs> to, to grow to grow a moustache Saturday? I'll try. I'll try. Um, I'll, I'll certainly be there on Saturday night. Um, my moustache is not in anywhere um, nearly where it needs to be. Um, and nor is my... Oh, I could I could get a, a mullet. I could certainly uh, shave the sides and <laughs> the hair. <head. laughs> Well, why would your wife think if you shaved the top of your head? If I, I shaved the, the sides and left the back? Oh, no, I don't know. No, no. If, yeah, if you just let... Got oh, rid of everything on top. So, so you could shave all over and just leave the back. That's, that's uh, man. And now I'm definitely from Wanneroo. Um, you know, so, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Would you be allowed in the house? Um, oh, certain parts of the house, maybe the, the bottom left-hand corner of the house. Um, got a nice little couch down in the, the downstairs area. Okay. So. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Sorry. This episode of the Bikey and Louds Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. <laughs> um, let's let's get back on track, Louds. You were you were playing last season. You played against the Brisbane Bullets, and you had their measure. You played, I think, three of the four games. You you beat them in, and you played really well. What worked well against the Bullets last season, and how can this Titans team? Try and replicate some of that. Well, I think Mello worked well for Taipans last season yeah. against the Brisbane Bullets, um, <laughs> including uh, a buzzer beater shot which put us up uh, by 20 instead of 17 or whatever it was in that first game yeah, down there. Plus, we had 32 uh, on debut. Yeah, and then we went and dropped 10 and then came back and won against the Bullets. So, you know, it was probably just Mello. Um, but um, oh, it's just, it's funny. Some teams you just have their number or Mentally, you just go, oh, man, we're, we're, we're good here. Um, I don't think – I mean, the Brisbane Bullets did, did get the Titans by quite a bit. They, they held that 13-point buffer that first game down in Brisbane. Uh, so that probably gives them a little bit of confidence to say, hey, look, well, this is the game we get back on track. For the Titans, uh, I expect to see maximum energy. I know news report from the, the uh, training this week, they've been going at it. There's been a few fights on court. Pikey, um, they've been a bit, they've been a bit testy. They're, they're obviously un, unhappy with how they perform, and Mike certainly is holding them to account because he was scratching his head after games like, I have no idea how uh, we we were able to dish up a, a game like that because it doesn't make sense. Um, we, we trained hard, we trained well, um, we you know we did everything that you know we, we should have um, leading up to the game, and then um, you know the, the performance was was mm. such that. You know, it's just yeah. inexcusable. So, everyone to a man uh, in the tight bands, I think they'll be hungry. Uh, I think they need to be hungry. If they're not hungry, then they shouldn't be here. You know, let's, let's be honest. Um, you know, you've got to turn up and, like I mentioned before, um, break it down. You've got to turn up every every five minutes so that you put together whole quarters, basically, of, of um, acceptable performance. Now, Laos, can I send out a challenge to you? We need some gold for the Pike and Laos show next week. What are the chances of you attending the post-match press conference and throwing some questions out? 
pretty low. I'm going to be fairly um, – uh, there's a beer festival going on here, <laughs> So I'm going to be at the beer festival and then I'm going to be at okay. the Taipans game. Uh, so the chances of Laos getting a media pass is fairly slim. But uh, I will promise you a pretty ripper interview next week. Uh, and I think, you, I think you won't be disappointed. What about a chant? You, all, you almost started a chant towards Mellow Trimble. Can you start a chant on Saturday night? I just wonder if if it's uh, maybe if it's a JK kind of a night, uh, <laughs> and they're up by sort of uh, eight with a minute to go. Maybe there's a bit of a uh, a mullet sort of um, chant I can I can chuck in there, or um, you know, yeah, something a little bit sort of lousy would, would be a pretty good, I would imagine. Let's get serious. What's your tip for Saturday night? I, I'm tipping an overtime game. I'm tipping Taipans by two, but I'm I'm tipping an absolute battle um, and a bit of a bloodbath to be honest because both teams need this win so uh, bad that they're they're just going to be it's got to be all out game is basically a critical junction Taipans can't afford to let another home game slip Brisbane need to get back on track and in sync uh, if they got any chance of building some momentum so both teams will go right this is it. This is this is a drawing a line in the sand. Uh, we're, we're either going for it um, and we're worth something here, or we're just going to sort of stand back and and let the league, let the season slip by, slip through the fingers. So um, you got a choice. You got a choice, Pikey. Both teams have a choice, and um, I can't wait to see you know how the game unfolds. Speaking of, of a bloodbath, what are the odds for Cam Oliver and Mika Bacone to butt heads at some point during the night? Mika Vakona has, um, or some of the top ends, fans have incorrectly thought his name was Vika Makona, uh, as in the Makona coffee. But yeah, no, Mika Vakona, um, he's certainly got some old man strength. I know uh, Cam Oliver would love nothing more than to flex on him after doing a, one of his uh, patented two-hand slammer jammers. But yeah, Mick is uh, deceptive because he's so sh- strong, like in, in his low stance. <laughs> you know, like he, he'll really uh, he'll move players around, but he's undersized against Cam Oliver. So uh, I reckon that'll be I reckon that'll be certainly one to watch. Now, let's get your quick thoughts on what's happening around the rest of the league this weekend. I think it's rivalry round. There's certainly certainly some rivalries reunited. Starts on Friday night. The Adelaide Thirty Sixers and the Perth Wildcats. First ever time they played at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Might break a new record. Both teams coming off. Losses. It's a, it's a big game. Is this the one in Perth or is this back at Adelaide, Adelaide. again? Yeah, back at Adelaide. Um, oh, man, I, I mean, the Perth have uh, showed some pretty good sort of form uh, on the road this season. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm going to go with Perth on this one by five. Now, another throwdown already. So it's the third one already within the first seven rounds. So South East Melbourne don't yeah. have to leave, leave Melbourne, but it's a Melbourne United home game. What have you got in the battle of the Melbourne teams? Melbourne United uh, are on a bit of a, a roll ski, so they're going to be wanting retribution for that uh, first round loss against uh, Phoenix. So Melbourne United by eight points. Then on Sunday, Sydney Kings, they're trying to set a new NBL attendance record when they host the Illawarra Hawks at Kudos Bank Arena. Um, so it's going to be a tough one for the Hawks to back up what they did in Cairns. Yeah, look, it'll be Diddy Lazada versus the Mellow yeah. Ball is the headline, but uh, it's going to be... Uh, the Sydney Kings by uh, 16 points. And on Sunday, another rivalry reunited. Perth Wildcats, New Zealand Breakers in Perth. I think that Perth will have this one. I, I hope New Zealand are able to 
put a decent showing. Some of those games have been pretty epic over the years. Um, the New Zealand-Perth sort of rivalry, um, you know, it's often been a, in a grand final situation. So I reckon it'd be a pretty, uh, pretty good match out there in Perth. But yeah, Perth Wildcats uh, by six points. And last up, Monday night, South East Melbourne Phoenix up against Adelaide 36ers. Yeah, Phoenix will get this one, I think, by uh, only a couple. Though. I think it'll be by four points. There we go. Um, I think we've done pretty well, Lau. So I think we didn't have a guess. But I'm not sure we needed one because there's been plenty to talk about from what's happened over the last week. And let's hope that the, the Taipans are ready to put on a big show against the Bullets on Saturday night. What can you leave us with? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, keep your comments coming. Uh, we, we, I know we're hitting the, the, the mark and a lot of these hot issues with the, the rest from the other week. Uh, had a big response, obviously, from uh, some of the, the technical fouls that's going on. And uh, we, we spoke about, you know, Boga getting ejected and, and protecting the su- superstars. Uh, a lot of, couple of people wrote in, Pikey, saying, um, you know, they disagree with it. They're probably more from a refing standpoint. Um, you know, you got to, the, the, the superstars have to set the example. But then we saw heat up on the basketball show with the Hammer and uh, they were talking about uh, Paulo Kennedy I think saying sort of echoing a bit there's a bit too much ticky tacky kind of technical fouls going on and players getting ejected when we should really be uh, it's taking the, the focus away from what should have been a good game um, but the stars are getting ejected so uh, I know that was a hot issue so I think we're, I think we're hitting the mark on some of these uh, hot issues And uh, but keep your, keep your questions coming in guys um, and really appreciate your feedback absolutely send us some questions especially for Laos at some stage, we'll have a Q&A segment with, with Lau. So any Taipans fans, anyone from across the, the country, if you're tuning in, send in some questions to Lau's, whether it's something you want to ask him reflecting back on his career, his thoughts on what's happening on the league right now. He, as you would have noticed by now, he's not a man to hold back his opinions. This is a, it's been a good one. We're, we're going to uh, check out this result from the Taipans and the Brisbane Queensland stash. Are we going with stash? Sunshine. Sunshine. With sunshine stash with the moustache. Yep, that's the one. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Let's uh, we'll, we'll catch up after the game and uh, see what shakes.